You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be diving in why I don't do many discounts. Now, before we get into the episode, as always, head on over to Next Gen Owners Facebook group, join our Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners Facebook group, and our All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners Facebook groups, especially if you are a coach or a coach and an owner as well as visit nextgenowners.com to learn more about the Academy and how you can join, subscribe to our emailing list, and last but not least, this one's super exciting, make sure you head on over to amazon.com and you go and buy Danielle Johnston's most recent book. It's called The Gym Owner's Handbook or The Cheer Gym Owner's Handbook. And you are going to want this book. It is absolutely amazing. It is chock full of actionable content, whether you are just getting started in your gym or you are a experienced gym owner, you are going to get something out of this book. And the it's like $9.99. Like it's a no-brainer. Your return on investment is going to be immediate from just doing one of the small actions that she recommends in her book. So make sure you go check that out. You go buy the book. It's going to be worth it. Even if you have another copy, buy one and gift it to someone else. It would really go a long way in supporting Danielle, who spent a lot of time writing this book and making sure it was something amazing for you. Now, let's get into the episode of why I don't do many discounts. Now, the question of discounts pops up a lot in all of our Facebook groups, the ones I just told you to go join if you have not already. And people ask, all sorts of questions in regards to, do you, do you give discounts on X, Y, and Z? And probably the most common one I see asked between ASGA and our Facebook groups and small gym owners Facebook group is, do you offer sibling discounts? And I'm somewhat known for my tongue-in-cheek, but very serious, I mean, real response to this, which is, I don't really, uh, because I don't believe that because you decided to get busy with your significant other, that somehow entitles you to a discount at my business. And you got your reward during that 30 seconds of your life. And now you you get it for the rest of your life. So I don't believe that I owe someone anything just because they liked to knock boots. And it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek, and I understand why the concept of sibling discounts exists, right? You have talented kids who come in the gym, and they've got three or four kids in the family, and you go, you know what? I'm going to offer them some sort of a sibling discount so they can all cheer because if they all cheered at full price, that would be insanely expensive. And I get it. And if you choose to discount you know, a very small amount on a sibling discount, am I going to rake you over the coals for it? Absolutely not. I'm just telling you why I don't really do sibling discounts. I think we have something that's very, very minor. It's like 10 bucks off for all-star tuition. It's like it's it's nominal. It's almost nothing. And we don't promote it. It's not a big selling point for us. And we don't have sibling discounts on our classes or anything like that because those especially are priced exactly where they should be. And there are very specific reasons that I don't do many discounts. And so I want to discuss those with you on when I do discounts and when I don't, and also why I do and don't. So 
first and foremost is most discounts, when you're discounting things regularly, you're telling your customers and future customers and other people that the price isn't really worth what they're paying. When you can afford to slash prices and knock things off, especially for things like, oh, well, this child is this much now, this child is 50% off, or you have these massive discounts, you're telling people that your product isn't really worth that. And so you don't want to be known as the product that has tons of discounts. You want to be, you know, telling people, look, we don't do a ton of discounts because we are very effectively priced. Okay. We are priced competitively and maybe you do a discount here or there on a small little item, or you might sell something for a limited time for a discount. We'll get into that a little bit more later. But at the end of the day, you're telling your customers when you have these big discounts for things that your product isn't really worth what you originally are charging, that you are able to knock things down because you have this excessive profit margin built in. Now, if you know that your profit margins are not above 20% and you slash something off 20%, then you're taking a loss on that thing. So you want to be really, really cautious about discounts. And it's why I am so cautious about them. And anytime I do a discount, I'm very strategic. Number two is that having a million discounts is going to incentivize people to wait to buy. There is no urgency because they know that there's going to be another deal, another discount coming up. And so they're more likely to wait to purchase. And you're incentivizing people to kind of hold off on that purchase. And one of the most important things you can do when you're selling a product is create a sense of urgency, a need to purchase within a certain period of time. This would be like something is going to sell out. So there's only so many left. I do offer discounts with dream camps. Uh, my camp company, we have our individual camp and this is the only thing I offer discounts on. I don't offer discounts for teams, but I do offer discounts for individual camp. And that is because a it's, it is expensive. It's a pretty big price tag. And B I want to incentivize people to either give me their email. So I will give them a coupon in exchange for their email. So I'm getting something out of this transaction. I give them a little bit of a discount on a purchase. So they have to purchase to even get the value out of it. And I get their email now to continue to market to them and continue to utilize them as a potential customer for my marketing. I also do discounts in regard to like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, because it creates a lot of urgency, a lot of need to buy. And so people are more apt to purchase for the next year. And that is actually really great for me on top of that, because now I have kind of a general, I know, you know, what else I have to do to sell out. And I know a lot sooner. So I'm getting some work done on the front end. It's the same reason I would do a discount on early registration for people signing up for my next season. And that is because I give them a little bit of a savings, but now I know they're, I'm confirmed that they're going to come to tryouts or pretty darn close. And I can start to forecast things a lot better, which makes me a lot more articulate when I'm having parent meetings and I'm saying, well, based off of the people we have registered right now, I'm very confident that we're going to have you know, this many junior teams or this many senior teams and looking about these levels. So I'm, I, it makes things a little bit easier for me when I do those kind of discounts. On top of that, doing lots of discounts can make some really significant headaches for you. 
one of the biggest headaches you can do is by creating budgetary issues. When you have all of these discounts, you can really quickly get out of the profit margin. On top of that, when you do a lot of different discounts, it could become really confusing and convoluted of what discount you're doing now. And it can make the sales process actually very clunky because your people who are doing the sale don't know what discount is currently running. So when you're doing those discounts, you definitely want to keep them simple. So I use discounts to encourage people to do a couple things. So when I'm using a discount, one is I'm always ensuring that it is I'm still profitable in my product. I want to encourage people to purchase now. So I want this discount to go away. I want it to be a limited time offer. Now, here's my two cents. I have been very vocal over the years that if you're going to say something is a limited time offer, I believe it should be a limited time offer. And yes, you can say, well, it is a limited time offer because you don't know in a year I might raise the price on that thing. I'm not telling you how limited the time is. I'm just telling you that it's limited time. Sure, you can do that. And and you're not wrong. You're not lying. That's all factual. But I prefer take a different approach. Maybe do a limited time offer with this discount for a shorter period of time. And then if you want to do something else to incentivize things, like maybe you want to offer them a free private lesson if they register for uh, your class program, or maybe you want to give them a free t-shirt, or maybe you want to give them 10% off their first full month or whatever it is, you might split test these things and do truly limited time offers. Hey, you can only get this for the next three weeks. And then make it actually go away. That doesn't mean you can't start another offer. That just means that that offer that you're giving them is going to go away. It is a limited time offer. It also gives you the ability to collect data and see which ones perform better. Um, For instance, you could run the same ad campaign on Facebook, same marketing or same image, same text, same everything. And you could split test the different offers and see which one gets more traction and gets more clicks. Number two, I would use discounts if I'm really trying to help facilitate additional purchases, later on purchases. So I mentioned my camp company already. So when kids come to individual camp, one of the things I know about kids that come to individual camp is they are incredibly likely. My individual camp kids all buy apparel. Every single one of them buys a sweatshirt, buys a tank top, buys apparel. They buy snacks at our store. So they make follow on purchases while they are at camp. So while I may sacrifice a little bit on the front end in a discount, it's likely that I'm going to make that back up when they purchase physical products or they have add-ons to camp or they're going to come back year after year after year. So I'm going to create Uh, some reoccurring purchases. And that also is another thing. I want to encourage customer loyalty if I'm going to do those discounts. So maybe I'm doing a special member discount on pricing or I'm doing something that is going to encourage people, incentivize people to stay longer. Now, you may say, well, that's exactly why I do a sibling discount because it makes it so people can stay longer. I'm encouraging customer loyalty. Sure, that's a fair statement. That's not how I approach it. And I've already kind of mentioned my my assessment of that already, um, but that's not the way I come at it from a discount perspective. So 
overall, do I think discounts are bad? No, I don't. I don't think they're a bad thing. I think they are a strategic tool that should be used in very limited circumstances. And you may have circumstances where you are willing to pass on a discount to everyone. I know Danielle has talked before a lot about how the people she will scholarship are foster kids, right? She is willing to work with kids who are from those disadvantaged situations and make it more affordable for them to do cheer, still be profitable, but give them significant discounts. She's a lot more likely to help those kiddos out than she is necessarily someone who just happened to have two babies that want to do tumbling. So you have to determine what's right for your business, but you do not want to be known as the business that's always discounted. It's not a good look. Because like, does anyone remember those stores where it was constant that there was signs in the window everywhere. I think it was mattress stores that always did this. It was like 50% off, 80% off, 60% off. And it was constant. So it was white noise. And you were never really looking at them as a real deal. You just thought, oh, you're kind of a crummier product. And so you say it's 50% off or it's not. Or those stores that were like going out of business for 10 years where they were going out of business. You're just becoming the cheap option where someone is looking at you like you're always going to be discounted. So they're always going to wait for the best possible deal. And that's the last thing you want to be known as, as a cheer or gymnastics gym. You don't really want the reputation of like, you're the, you're the bargain serial version of cheerleading and tumbling. Like that's not the brand that you want to build. I imagine now maybe you do. And if you do, that's fine. That's not the brand that I want to build. And that's not a brand that's going to get a lot of parents excited to send their kids to your gym. So just be thinking about that. You know, what is your discount saying about your program? Now, I'm not saying you don't do discounts. I'm not saying you can't do discounts. And I would never really venture to tell you what to do. I'm giving you my my thoughts and my ideas and the way I see them for how you can take your gym and make it incredibly successful and get it to a point where it is making you good amounts of money and you're paying your staff decent and fair wages and you're providing health insurance, you're doing all these things and you do it by making sure that you're charging correctly, that your pricing is set correctly and you're not discounting yourself into oblivion. I see this the most with crossover fees and with sibling discounts where people will offer these sibling discounts or offer these crossover fees that they're doing them to try and do right by the customer. But at the end of the day, they may be doing right by that one customer in that specific instance, but they're not doing right by the rest of their customers and making sure that their business is going to be successful long-term by ensuring that it's financially stable. And I think you have a duty to do right by all of your customers and not offer discounts that you then are really just passing on that cost to them to then have to pay more for competition fees and coaches fees and things like that because you gave a discount to someone who had two kids or three kids. So what am I saying? What do I think that you should be doing as you leave this podcast? I'm saying you need to take a really serious look at why you are doing your discounts that you offer and how they are impacting your sales, your customer relationships, and most importantly, your revenue and budgeting. All of your discounts should have a very specific purpose. And if the only purpose is to make it more affordable, then you are on the wrong purpose 
99.9% of the time. If that is your purpose, then you may have set your pricing incorrectly. You may have set it too high, which is very, very rare in our industry, but it's possible. If you're like, man, I've got to discount this for it to be affordable for people, then you probably set your pricing a little bit out of range and maybe you just need to adjust your price. Now, there are people who will say, well, set your price really high so then you can discount it and slash it. I don't think it's a good look because people are then going to be looking for a discount and a slashing on every single one of your products and you're not going to be able to do things like that. Uh, it's just not going to be a sustainable way to do business. People are always going to be looking for that next better deal. All right, everyone, I am getting ready to head to conference. I'm actually leaving first thing in the morning tomorrow. I'm headed to beautiful San Diego. If you aren't already registered, you missed out. You're going to miss a great one. We are having another conference in Orlando. It's a short one. It's right around All-Star Worlds. It's going to be fantastic, as all of our conferences are. But stay tuned for that. Make sure you check out those dates and everything that's going on with that conference. We are working to get some skill tracks there. But I'm headed to conference. I am super excited. If you are there, this is releasing actually during conference. So everyone will be listening to this afterwards. I cannot wait to see everyone who is a listener uh, while we are there. Thank you for uh, making... 2023 is such an amazing year and I cannot wait for 2024 to keep crushing it with so many amazing gym owners. My last request is if you have things that you want to hear on the podcast, things you want to hear me talk about, people you want me to interview, send them my way. Shoot me an email. It's dan at nextgenowners.com. Can't get it wrong. And let me know what you would like to see on the podcast, anything you want to cover, or if there was just an episode that you really loved and want to hear more of. I love feedback. I love hearing from our listeners. I read all of the emails and I respond to all of them. And you're, you're talking to me. You're not talking to my assistant or anything. I'm the one actually reading and responding to them. So if you have something, please send it my way. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. And I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer. So why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parents' perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.